This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover One Piece, My Hero, Black Clover, Marshall, Dr. Stone, and Jujutsu Kaisen week to week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 33. And 34. And 34. I'm your host, Eagle. I'm Knox. And joining us is a very special guest, Axel Blaze. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Happy to be off and, uh... back on the podcast. I'll be a uh, brunette Nickums for tonight <laughs> brunette just, uh, with my hair up no. and just full facial hair. Straight beard. Full, full glorious facial hair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, briefly, why don't you kind of explain to everybody what you do? Yeah. I do YouTube. That's a thing. Uh, yeah. And most people know me because there's a dolphin for my persona. Yeah, that's how I met you. Who is now dead. <laughs> Who is no. now dead? Uh, <laughs> Rip Orphy, bro. <laughs> Rest in pepperonis, hard boiled cop and dolphin. Uh, getting my Japanese copies in the mail, though. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Not that I can read it, but I've got the English translations. But, yeah, it's got to support, uh, though. Yes. Run the Axel Blaze Productions uh, YouTube channel. Uh, currently running a podcast on a week-to-week basis, except for last week, because I started a new job. I'm employed again! Nice, dude. Congrats, bro. Which means less uploading, because I have to balance. Gotta get that bag, buddy. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But that being said, yep, running a podcast lately, um, but I'm also known for recommending anime and manga, uh, and my agendas always win. Other okay. than hard-boiled cop and dolphin. Uh, I was going to say. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was rooting for hard-boiled, hard-boiled cop and dolphin. Yeah, I think that I remember was, that uh, you were. I wanted, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to cover it on the show. Yeah, I think I remember that too. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to I, cover it I, on the I, show, bro. Hey, we've covered Axe before. We got Phantom Seer and, uh, and Samurai Number 8 now. Among and uh, did we cover any of the last Sayuki? No, or was we were it, going uh, to start the last. We were going to cover the last Sayuki in the first episode that we ever did, and then it got axed like the week before. Oh my god, that's yeah. hilarious! <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, I <laughs> never even touched that manga. I mean, oh, like, it was good. I mean, I've I've read a lot of axed manga, and I have yeah. a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just I never touched that one. Uh, and I I love Ryuhei Tomura's work. Um, Right. Big fan of Beelzebub, and I thought that Hard Boiled Cop and Dolphin was a great return to form for him. Oh, sure. But it just did not stick in Japan for whatever reason. I, I really don't know why. Because I mean, like, characters look they good. like it was gags a unique concept to an extent. Seemed. Yeah. I think the thing is, like, if you've got like an animal-based main character, and it's not cutesy enough. 
like in, in like the case of like Maguchan, sure. Japan doesn't care about it as much. Okay. I could be wrong. Right. It, it could have just not hit the notes that they needed it to hit for whatever right. reason. Um, but yeah, and I, I, a lot of people were a lot happier with it once it started getting more into the mystery action side of things. But by that it point in time, late. it was just too late. Yeah. And like, we're we're at a point again in Jump where um, the magazine is full of like series that have cemented their place in the magazine mm -hmm. and it is now like a legitimate battle for any new series that comes in where there's only like five ish contested slots that they right. can even fight for if even yeah that like, makes sense so yeah, yeah it's if, if if too many good new series come out there's a very good chance that some of the series that are in the middle of the magazine could might, get might have to get phased their out. legs cut out from out, under them out so. with, the old, yeah. with the new type shit yeah <laughs> all right well to uh to rein it back in a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. we will of course yeah. include any you know and all links to axel blaze's stuff below in the description box yeah, and while you're down there go ahead and take a look at our links as well you can find links to any and all of our online you know our individual social media accounts rather such as twitter online communities such as discord places to listen to the podcast wherever you'd like to as well as ways to support the podcast through looking at our online shop or our patreon yes. and uh, also you can see timestamps down there to navigate through the video and and uh skip segments if you want to avoid spoilers so with all those words said yeah. what a fantastic week in jump jjk back next issue yes in Yo. two weeks yeah in two weeks two weeks yeah, yeah. So I well, was right I... about it not being back until August. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I do remember like, you saying that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Right on time, have, August second. Back soon. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I'm super excited for that. Um, other than that, yeah, this this whole weekend jump felt really good across everything that we were reviewing for the most part. So I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. Well, with that being, I'm, said, I'm good uh, and bad on it. I'm yeah. gonna preface that. Like I'm yeah. like some of it was great for me, some of it was not so much, but we'll get into sure. it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, let's uh let's jump right into chapter two hundred and five of Doctor Stone then. Universe of Zeros and Ones. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we got everybody uh, you know, saying what we you know kind of echoing our thoughts from last week you know mm -hmm. like why 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 was this not information we were told earlier if this dude's your brother man like right. what the fuck yep so yeah. um now we now we get a little bit more insight into that amazing characterization for Sai, by the way i just want to say i yeah. love this character yes. and i love everything about how he's coming into the team now through this flashback because what I'm seeing here is like, yeah, you have totally have a good reason to like not want to be a part of this right now because of how they kind of treated you from a very young age to kind of like cultivate you into this, um, into this calculation robot, you know, for them or whatever. But what's cool about it is that like Sai, you know, and Ryusui, like Ryusui, like you see like these like, you know, sh uh, shadowed guys, you can't really see their whole face and they're talking about what to do with Sai and like Ryusui is not a part of that. So even though Ryusui doesn't want, or even though Sai doesn't want to be a part of that same kind of uh, cycle again, um, I think what I think what'll be cool to see is that like even though Ryusui is here, it's not Nanami Corp, it's Ryusui Corp, and I feel like that's going to be a really cool character interaction dynamic throughout the next couple of chapters or or however long for Sai to like come out of that 
um you know whatever anxiety he has about this situation to see that you know Ryusui is not the same kind of people that were running Nanami Corp before so I think that yeah. would be cool to see yeah it's also really interesting to see that this is the first time where we have such a different dynamic between siblings because literally every other iteration of siblings that we've had so far in the series has been one where it's just like love and positivity I, like Kinro and Ginro like they had their moments but like like they're always like fine in the end mm -hmm. meanwhile like Ryusui is just like yeah the, the fact that he's my brother is just a useless factoid I just like him for his math and it's just like okay <laughs> and like Sai is just like, I don't want anything to do with this. I yeah. just want to play my video games. I'm hoping that, like, as the character of Sai gets fleshed out a little bit more, that we'll see a little bit more of their relationship outside of this, um, outside of this, uh, Nanami Corp, you know, stuff with, with Sai and his, like, not, uh, him not being excited about the situation that he's found himself in. Because one, there's no computers, two, he's going back to work for, Nanami Corp essentially in his mind and I think that what they're trying to do is kind of like leave that a little bit open-ended for Ryusui and how he views Sai because we're going to get later storytelling that kind of like strengthens their bond in some kind of way through flashbacks but I think they're trying mm -hmm. to make Ryusui kind of look like a like a pro-establishment like you know kind of um kind of guy you know what I mean I don't know if that makes sense but I think I think yeah. they're leaving a lot of things open ended in regard to this right now because it's gonna it's gonna be a lot more impactful later to kind of like tie it back in in that way. I'm really messing with Sai a lot because um, just like Axel was saying, like how he's saying, you know, I hate just pointless mental math. He's like, I wanna I wanna program video games because that's what I love to do. Like we get this panel of him obviously like drawing all the code to Dragon Quest and shit and like. Programming and, and designing or or even testing games is like something I've thought about getting into in the past until yeah. I like kind of looked into it, learned how, you know, in today's environment of that field, they're kind of run ragged and paid, you know, a little for a lot type shit. Oh, so, sure, uh, sure. I didn't end up you know, pursuing that, but yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, I can relate to them and shit. Yeah. And, uh, and I, like I said, like Axel was saying again, I like seeing him, you know, sitting there on the laptop plan you know whatever yeah. he's doing on there fucking chilling yeah and, uh, relatability and factor is definitely well, there because yeah. i'm thinking about like if i woke up in the stone world and there was no computers no internet I'd be, like even if i wasn't a programmer i'd be like that'd no be wake me shock. up later motherfucker that's the biggest shock right. for the modern day person and that's something yeah. that we haven't seen anybody say too much you know? i mean i think gen well, might have yeah. commented on it maybe once no or something but like you gotta you gotta consider the fact that like literally everybody up to this point their comfort thing from the modern world has been achievable oh, like even sure. ryusui's ship his hot air balloon stuff like that yeah. all achievable whereas size is literally the one thing where it's just like this is so complicated uh, in theory, that like up to this point, like everything else is like easy peasy. Yeah. Freaking building a rocket, easy peasy, <laughs> compared to building a computer, 
not so much. So sure. like literally everybody up to this point has had their comfort thing from the modern world yeah. recreated in some capacity in this uh stone world. Yeah. But size isn't. Yeah, it's and like, hey like, man, I understand that that was your crushing. thing. But like, yeah, we got too many things we gotta make before then. You know what I mean? You're looking at five to ten years yep. before you can play a video game again. And I think that that it, it was crushing and like that was like a, a really crazy moment in the chapter but i love how by the end of the chapter he shows his you know skill in that area to the point where senku's like oh wait no we should make this like right now you know what i mean yeah. so like that Which, was hype too yeah it begs the question then be considering like oh like computers are five to ten years out mm -hmm. how far out is the rocket to the moon if computers are that far out. Sure. Like, I, I think that's one of those things where it's just like, had Senku not decided to expedite this process, yeah. were we going to see another time skip in order to see, like, the fully realized rocket? I, I think mm. we still will, just because of yeah. everything that goes into it, but, like, yeah. there's no way in hell... That they were going to have a working rocket without some kind of computer technology. That's what I was thinking getting too. Getting up there. But I think I think that the estimate that Senku gave for the computer, um, I don't think that comes from difficulty to create. I think it comes from priority, right? Because it's like sure. he didn't think that there was a need. There was a need for a computer, so he's like, yeah, yeah. Once every you know, civil once well, we go do everything we got to do and come back down and start rebuilding, shit, yeah, you can have your computer in like five to ten years. We got to build this rocket. We got to go see why, man. We got to come back down then you get your computer is kind of how i how i saw he that. he did mention some complexities though with the actual construction with like semiconductors and whatnot oh so sure I, I think it is like a half and half kind of thing yeah 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 for sure because i was thinking about it too and, and we and we probably will get some kind of time skip related to the rocket because i think i was talking a couple weeks ago about how the rocket or the the, the ship to the moon is kind of like senku's biggest goal you know for his whole right. life he wanted to make that rocket we've seen him fail with the rocket a couple times like in flashbacks and whatnot and now everybody's life depends on this trip to the moon and it's all on senku to finally accomplish his like life's goal to get there you know what i mean so i was thinking that that would be a really good point for overthinking um senku being unsure of himself anxiety you know what i mean like things like that inside of senku's character because senku's always very confident he's always got a smirk on his face no matter what's going on but the rocket would be a good time to kind of slow down and kind of like focus on senku as deeply as we'll probably ever get character wise in relationship to completing the rocket successfully making sure his friends don't get blown up completing the y-man trip all of that stuff i feel like is finally going to be when we get senku like kind of like not as confident as he usually is maybe and that might cause the creation of the rocket to take maybe longer than we originally thought it that you know that it would potentially yeah mm -hmm. makes sense yeah. but uh just you know talking about the art here a little bit we get some dope ass double spreads and artwork panels in this in this of the uh the panel with the all white background and the and the transparent bubbles sigh crying why did you even revive a guy like me yeah hold on what page is that again page eight and nine yeah you know, yeah fire just, uh, further lending to what you know uh you and axel were talking about just yeah. how 
everybody's desire has been able to be achieved. Right. And he's like, in this stone world, a computer is out of the question right now. So, like, right. why even revive someone like me? You mm -hmm. know, that just hit extra hard. Yeah, and it probably and hits then, even uh, harder for Psy because he's like, why? You definitely, he knows why they revived someone like him. It's because they want the same thing that Nami Corp wanted from him. So that's like even more depressing for him that he's not only woken up in a time without his most like cherished object being the computer available to him. And you have been woken up because they want your talents from you again. Like that's got to suck for dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, of course the double spread of the coding. He's got it drawn all the way around the walls on the ceiling yeah. oh my god <laughs> i'm trying to this think of how many shit. times i've seen like a similar like scene where you have the really intelligent guy or really smart guy with like writing all of some his shit. fucking notes all over the walls in the room <laughs> thinking of like fantastic four right now is the only thing that really comes to mind but like i love spreads like these i love pages like these and this one's drawn obviously by boichi so it's like this is like some of the like this is one of my favorite double spreads in the whole series, I wanna say. It's yeah. So it looks so cool. And he's uh Oh, is he doing it? He's doing it with both hands. Yeah, and he's and the way he holds and the pencil is so yeah, his shit is clack 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 all over the shit and he like holds the pencil in like a crazy ass way in between his finger or his index and his he, middle finger. Yeah. And he switches it up like over and over well, no. Never mind. He because he specifically has, a, like, for each hand, he has the, the pencil between his index finger and his middle finger while having, like, his his ring finger and his pinky finger, like, spread out. It's, that is, yeah. that is so weird. Yeah, it does, it does look so weird, yeah. <laughs> you try to, like, hold your pen in your fingers that way and, like, try to, like, write your name. It's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and the, uh... The sunlight panels of his face on 14, 15. Fire. He's just in his element. Drag. Just where he, exactly where he wants to be, writing code. And everyone's like, bro, yeah. did you really just write Dragon Quest? Shimmer in his eye. Yeah, and then the <laughs> Dragon Quest panel is just so Woo! fire. Hey, I saw people complaining so, about yeah. this panel on Twitter. They were like, Luigi needs to stay away from Dragon Quest drawings. And it's like, man, come Why? on, bro. Because it's like not the right style or whatever. You know how people be. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all the for all the people that like redraws and whatnot, yeah. like, I mean, come on, like this is fantastic, yeah. and that right. butt shot. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that butt shot. Um, yes, but no, I, the fact that there's just like the 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 angriest like like wing slime thing like flying yeah. like, in the top right corner <laughs> is just like oh my god, I've never made one of. <laughs> like the the happiest looking monsters in right. Dragon Quest, just this like <gasps> rage machine, yeah, right? And say, like I've never the seen fact, it. yeah, like the fact that like the 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 ground is paved with the code as Fire. well. It's just great detailing. Yeah, the Boichi's artistic sense to like just think to just have that idea is just fire. Like, that's just brilliant to mm -hmm. just have the code right there. And they're, like, kind of, like, existing above the code as if he conjured it. You know what I mean? Kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fire. Oh, man. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude, this is exciting. Because it's, like, 
what is the computer that they make going to look like? Because all in Doctor Stone, be a clunky, hunky piece of shit, right? But like even inside of like clunky, hunky piece of shit, it's like when they when they said we're making cell phones, you know what I mean? I was like, okay, I was like, okay, I I had an idea of what a crude cell phone would look like in the Stone world, and I was off by like so much. It was this giant, you know what I mean, like this giant thing, you know, like it was just so far. I thought it was going to be like, you know, some Flintstone shit. Like maybe it's just like a stone square. So I didn't know what to think. I like had all of these ideas in my mind that were just so far away from what it actually ended up being. You know what I mean? So I'm like, just... even inside a clunky, unky pieces of shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause it's like, dude, everything they've made, they always show you like the 2020, 2021 version of it as we know about it in the modern world. And then when they make it, it's this fucking Flintstones ass, like, shit you'd see in a museum and it's like well fuck dude like what did the first computer look like i'm about to google that shit <laughs> i mean realistically i'm thinking it's gonna go one of two ways He's, they're either gonna make something cartridge based like an atari or an nes hmm. or they're gonna do their whole hey here's a modern thing that you didn't think was gonna be made and they're going to do something along the lines of like a Raspberry Pi. Oh, sure. Yeah. Since they've done, obviously, fidget spinners and drones and stuff like yeah. that. Like, Raspberry Pi is pretty modern. Right. So maybe that. But, I, I mean, the fact that, like, they were like, oh, like making an NES. I'm thinking cartridges are probably the easiest, like, baseline computer thing that they can maybe do. But, yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think that makes a lot of sense as far as possibilities of what the computer route might look like. Definitely one of the most exciting things that I've like things that I've been the most excited to see them make out of, throughout the entire series. There's been a lot of mind blowing Stone World inventions so far, but like like the car was crazy, the fucking like the, the cell phone was crazy, the drone was crazy, but like this is a fucking computer and like the the rocket, you know, the ship was always kind of looming in the background with hella foreshadowing from the beginning of the series. So, like, when he finally said, we're making a rocket, I was like, okay, well, it's about time. But, like, we're making a computer. It's, like, especially with them saying, like, we got five to ten years before we can have this, like, as a luxury, you know, in our rebuilt, you know, civilization. I, was, I just think it was really well done, how they built the hype for it. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. think, I think the watch is still one of the craziest ones to me, just mm -hmm. because of how tiny... And, and intricate, intricate yeah. all that had to be balance wheels and gears and timers and shit that like, was joel that was big was joel saying. baby mm -hmm. yeah that was big joel hours <laughs> yeah. love that man don't talk to me you peasant <laughs> can't wait till they meet back up with joel bro i gotta know what happened to that man's wrist for real <laughs> i mean it's, it's about gonna, that for so long it's gonna be healed Oh, true, true, be, true. That's he got right, turned that's to right. stone. Yeah, he got well, yeah, all of them are going like, to be alive. Yeah, that's so. right. It's like crunched flat. It is, it is crunched, but they have Uzuri hot. You're just going to like, like yeah, just to... see it like snap back into place. <laughs> it's just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, because they have Yuzuri hot, the crafts chick, right? And she can like find all the super tiny pieces and put them up perfectly so that like you can revive anyone no matter how fucked up their stone body is or whatever. I always forget. Yeah, but that, that was like, I don't know if they were cracked regularly you know what i'm saying i don't know if his shit's if his shit's flattened out and it's like super <laughs> if it's super thin stone 
and it breaks apart and yeah. she can't find the pieces can't find the pieces i feel like is something that what we're if... not gonna have to worry about because like senku said we're saving everybody and you have the tech the technique to like restore broken people so they're not gonna be like but this one's too broken for you no they're just gonna fix everyone but that way. i yeah. want to see somebody <laughs> lose a limb pre donification because i want to know if it can be fixed and i don't think it can oh oh you mean regrowing a limb that was already gone from no, before no, no. the petrification no, well, not, not necessarily regrowing an arm i'm just yeah. saying like because i don't think an arm can be petrified once it's been separated from the body oh i sure. could be wrong yeah i don't know that makes sense this, no, i mean no, I didn't the, the think fact about that, that like yeah. the fact that the medusa brought people back to freaking life i mean it's just kind of like all right well i guess it can do everything then <laughs> regrowing right. a limb would be something that would have me like ooh, that's like because because that's a good question axel it's like if you don't have a hand right now and then you're petrified is the petrification going to fill that hand in or is it just going to cover the stump and if it covers the stump once you're like de-petrified from the from the from the liquid is your arm going to grow back i mean like i wouldn't put it past dr stone you know what I mean? But that is like a crazy thing to think about. I don't think I ever have before. <laughs> what do you think, Eagle? <laughs> I think you, it, if you had just lost your arm, it might work. Like right before the petrification. Oh, the, the petrification then, just feels the phantom limb. <laughs> no, there was no, I don't think the petrification is going to like, yeah. like you got no arm and it's just going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, no, that's not going to happen. Right. Gonna happen. Dr. Manhattan shit out here. <laughs> yeah. That'd be dope though. That would be but, crazy. Yeah. But I, yeah, that's very awkward to think about. I think, but I think uh, Axel does make a good point in saying that like the petrification might not work on an arm or limb that had been separated already you right. know right so maybe like a decapitate a decapit decapitation is the one way to uh actually really kill somebody in this world where like the head is separated from the body yeah and like the body or the head or whatever is no longer considered like you know an organic um component of the, you know, of yeah. the rest of the but see like yeah. i feel like if you if you if you do the deadpool thing where like you just put the head where it needs to be and then petrify them i feel like it'll fill in those gaps because yoga maybe shot through multiple important <laughs> organs you know what i mean and like they were the organs were dead before he was dead you know maybe for like however long you know what i mean so it's like it's like I could see if it could regrow a heart or a, a you know or a lung or something, then maybe it could just like fill in that, <laughs> you know that that separation point. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, if the arm is gone or if the limb is gone out of here, can't grab it, can't reattach it. I would, I I think that's that's a really good question of what the petrification could do in that situation. Leave a comment down below. And let us know what you think about that situation. I I just had a naughty thought, and I'm no. questioning whether I should share it or not. <laughs> you said you, you got you. We halfway there. What's up? So yeah, can petrification cure erectile dysfunction? Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I. Right. Why not? I, I, I'll, 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 I'll see myself out. Bye. <laughs> no, uh, now you got me thinking, bro. <laughs> I don't want to think about that too much. 
That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Dope ass chapter, man. Incredible Dope chapter. chapter. Again, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about it because, mm-hmm. like, now that we know what the Doctor Stone can, like, what the petrification, what the Medusa can do, like, I was wondering, like, how that was going to affect any chapter after that last arc. It's like, now that we know that everybody lives, and obviously Dr. Stump isn't really a story about, like, you know, conflict stakes to that degree. You know what I mean? Like, where there's enemies and shit. I mean, like, back when there was Stanley around, it's like, yeah, that shit kind of mattered. But, like, now, like, what enemy is there going to be besides Y-Man after Stanley to where it would kind of feel cheap to just have a Medusa chilling for the rest of the series knowing it could just revive everybody but it's like i feel like most of the fighting is like done there's probably gonna be a showdown on the moon but then like that's gonna accomplish the main goal of the series so it doesn't really matter if people die up there and get re- revived by the medusa at that point because it's like it's like we're already at the end of the story basically so it's like i i don't think it's that big of a deal but to be fair we are at like an interim right now where they don't have a working medusa though that's true too. so they Actually, are at a point that. in time where the danger level is technically back again except it be more just like life conditions right. possible experiments gone wrong or wildlife i mean like yeah. they they don't have tsukasa and yoga with them Right. At the moment. Who is their like fighter? It is, it's Kohaku, it is pretty right? much Kohaku's the only one that they got right now. Yeah. Um it's it's mostly just the, the science nerds and Kohaku at yeah. the moment on this boat. Yeah. So like it's I and somebody honestly could get sick. Yeah. Again. It right. is not out of the realm of possibilities. I, I don't think that they would do it. Yeah. And I, I, honestly I don't think anyone is in danger at the moment, but that that threat is technically looming since there is not a working Medusa right now. And the stakes yeah. always kind of seem to exist inside of, like, day-to-day shit in Dr. Stone anyway. It's like, do we have the part we need to complete this? No, we have to go risk our lives to get the final piece? Okay, there's stakes there. Oh, we're running out of food or something? I can't remember if that was ever, like, an actual thing in Dr. Stone. But shit like that that just decreases the quality of life of the people that need to be in tip-top shape to, like, rebuild civilization in any arc that they're doing so in. It's like, that's the kind of stakes that you see in Dr. Stone. Death wasn't even really a thing for real until Dr. Zeno. So the Medusa curing everything and bringing you back from the dead has never felt like, you know, all that stifling of a concept for the storytelling. You know what I mean? So... I'm excited, but I, but yeah, that was one thing that I thought about, and I was like, okay, this is a really cool ending to this arc. Like, I love everything about this week of stuff, and like, people came back from the dead, Hyoga, Sukasa, whatever. That would that all felt good, but like, what do we do now? But I mean, and it looks like it's going back to, you know, reintroducing the kind of stakes that the story kind of was built on, and it's not just going for more, you know, high stakes life or death conflicts, you know, for at least the next arc or two. So, I'm happy about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's all I had for Dr. Stone, though. Me too. Uh, do you have anything else, Axel? Uh, I mean, I guess the one thing that I'll say is that I'm a little sad uh, um, since I wasn't here to discuss when Psy was first revealed and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a little sad that we're not getting to see more diversity with the cast since sure. we're in India. Right. <laughs> just saying like yeah that that is one of the things where i'm just like ah oh, that's 
unfortunate that we can't get somebody that's like just straight Indian right. to join the cast or whatnot. That was a complaint um, that Nick had be, last yeah. week too. Yeah, we had touched on that a little yeah. bit last week as well. Yeah. yeah, I think what we said last week was that like since India has such a um, has such a massive like culture associated with it, and they really care a lot about how you know their culture is represented in media they might have had a and the history of, of yeah. math has a lot of roots yeah. in india right 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 right. yeah, yeah so which maybe. i mean at the same time then they, they could also be like oh you're using india but you're using a japanese right. character that you conveniently placed in india right in math <laughs> in math country yeah like I don't know. It could and go either if you way. if you weigh Indian the options Indian. though. Yeah, if you weigh the options though, it's like yeah. what would you rather have? It's like okay, we're in India, but we Japanese it up a bunch, so you're not really getting the representation that you would maybe want at the end of the day. Yeah. Or do we like blow it trying to represent you in the perfect way? And you know what I mean. And now we've offended you for real, yeah for real. You know what I mean. It could be. It could have been something like fair that. enough. I mean, at the but same it's time, a valid like, complaint yeah, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was gonna say something and then I remembered Ice Shield Twenty One, so I'm good. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, explain that to me. Ice Shield Twenty One. I mean, if you know, you know. Sure, it's just one of those things where it's just like reach your own. It's it's one of those manga where you look back and read it and you're like, this didn't age well. Oh no, this did not age well. So was Reichiro <laughs> like doing some like cringy, you know, like representation stuff like back then in Ice? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then uh -huh. maybe maybe that. Well, then that that actually makes even learned more his sense. lesson. Yeah, I was gonna say that makes even more sense with yeah. what we were talking about last week because it's like he already blew it once. You know what I mean? So yep. he's not probably gonna not... do it again. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. It was like, I'm good this time. Half <laughs> yeah. Indian, half Japanese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing it that way. <laughs> well, with that, we can go ahead and get right into chapter 71 of Meshuri, Mosh Burn Dead. Back to these chapter titles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the origin of the greatest magic user. I kind of miss, you know, uh, Wahlberg, Wahlberg Bygon. Yeah. Hey, my guy. Yeah, dude, his storytelling is done. And it's cool that it comes back to, you know, this like half comedic, you know, uh, mash choreography. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it. It, I, I can't Where he's picture. literally kicking his legs to yeah. fucking float in the air. Yeah, even though the threat is like the high, the threat level is like the highest that it's ever been, and Innocent Zero is like this crazy opponent or whatever. I, I just can't picture a, a fight with Mash where he doesn't do something funny at least once. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the end of this fight, though. Nick. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been waiting since I read it to hear your thoughts on the end of this chapter. Yeah, we'll get into this fight. Yo. Oh yeah. How you feeling, um, Axel? So <laughs> this was the chapter of the lineup I didn't like. Yeah, yeah. I could totally see that. I, like have my, I have my issues with it too. It felt like super I, anticlimactic, didn't it? I I have had so, it was so many issues with what's been happening yeah. lately, and it's just like Like last couple <sighs> chapters, right? It's yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. It one was of those literally things. some Batman villain shit, bro. Where he's like, <laughs> this motherfucker, this motherfucker, Innocent Zero. He, <laughs> he left the fight like Battle Beast did in Invincible. He said, "I'm done now." 
Yeah, right. You're like, yo, he's out of there. I'll bro. be taking my leave. You humans said, are not right, worth my time. He said, I'm done with you. It's, it's, it's just like, I, MASH is, especially like in the, this last third of the manga, especially, it's been having this thing where it's just like, we're being serious now. We're super <laughs> serial. Um, which, like, when you're one punch man, yeah, you can pull it off. Right, right, right. With MASH, I have not been feeling that. And it's one of those things where it's just like you go from stakes of zero to 100, <laughs> like that, yeah. and then it's over. Yeah. Like, I'm, what? Yeah. Like, the, the <laughs> supposedly the strongest mage of the Academy, his magic is just gone like mm-hmm. that. Oh, I just I used this one spell. It's gone now. Yeah. No no build up to this. No ritual. No drawn out thing. It's literally oh, yeah. you're in a ball now. And now I got all your magic. <laughs> I got your magic. I got a master's magic. And now I'm falling apart. I think it's uh I I did like that aspect of it. It's like okay, it wasn't like a complete like okay, I'm done here now even though we could continue fighting and I totally came here for Mashal. I'm going to go just because like you guys bore me or something. Instead of that, it was like okay, I kind of can't be here cuz I'm dying cuz I like took on a little bit more than I could, you know, than I can handle. So like that's fine. It's still anticlimactic, but like inside of your comparison to One Punch Man, I feel like that's kind of like where it kind of stems from, at least for me, inside of my expectations for Mashal, because when it started, it was like super comedic. It was very sat. It was very satirical. It was it was like pretty much all comedy all the time. And then as we started learning more about the world and the characters involved, the stakes kind of seemed to be raising. And since it was going into that kind of situation, we attributed it to One Punch Man, who executes that very well. When when it needs to be serious, it's done very well. When it needs to be comedic, it's like that perfect splash. But I think the main difference when it comes to the stakes aspect of when MASH tries to go serious is that, like, MASH is always there. He's always there before someone gets seriously hurt, except for Wahlberg, which we know is kind of like that out with the old and with the new, like, sensei has to die kind of trope. So, like, Wahlberg is kind of fucked up and he might still live. But at the end of the day, outside of this situation right now, I can't really think of a time where MASH didn't come in and fucking flying dropkick somebody before they were like seriously fucked up or really had to fight for all that long before MASH came in with an epic cliffhanger, you know, ending. So like in One Punch Man, you see the other heroes all the time with no side time around. He's trying to catch a sail or something. You know what I mean? And motherfuckers are getting bodied left and right like with no hope of saitama showing up by the end of that and it'll just show saitama like walking in a sewer tunnel or something like yeah yeah right he does eventually show up but it's not always right on time like it kind of has been with mash so far and it's earlier in mash so whatever but this is a really big deal in this arc you know but even then like it's weird to say this one punch man knows how to successfully scale things sure yeah. appropriately it, yeah. it like it, it's like yes it has like certain jumps and whatnot but like this is one of those things where it just went zero to 100 like that and like another thing that like one punch man definitely succeeds in is the fact that it does develop the side characters so well right. <laughs> and like mash has been doing that like like we've been getting more and more development for 
the other characters when they're not getting turned into babies um <laughs> and like we're, we're getting to see them do things and like definitely the one positive of this chapter at least for me was the fact that mash didn't just outright win a fight again right like because that's that's one of those things where i've been wanting that i've been wanting mash to lose yeah. in some capacity and even with this it's not like he himself outright is lost. actually losing right like it's somebody else that is dying in his arms not him like yeah. crumpled on the ground in a yamcha pose yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it'd be cool to see mash struggle you know what I mean? I don't think that, um, I mean, not struggle, but like outright lose, like you were saying. I think that that would be a really, that would be one of like the bigger um, twists in development that I feel like we could see in Mashal just because of how impossible it feels right now. You know what I mean? So I think that that would be a, a more um, a more despair driving feeling in, a, in, a, in, in Mash rather than, you know, even more so than Wahlberg, like, dying or losing or whatever it is that they're trying to make us care about right now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like as soon as... Mash doesn't even have to get seriously hurt. He just has to lose outright, entirely. Whether it's, like, totally physically and he's fucked up with a million lumps all over his head and black eyes, or he just has to concede, you know, at, you know, to, to, to the opponent. Something like that would be massive for Mashal. Um, yeah. And I just... Yeah, it's 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 hard to see that happening, especially kind of like now. I like how they left the Innocent Zero versus Mash power gap kind of like open ended. I definitely think if if Innocent Zero would have stayed, then Mash would have just beat him anyway because he's having issues with his power being in flux and like Mash is obviously just like peak physical form at all times. So it's like and he already caught him like slipping, you know, like a couple times this you know last chapter in this chapter, but. I don't know. I like how he didn't just win, you know, and, and he, he killed Wahlberg. He got, I don't even know like what innocent zero really got besides killing Wahlberg. Cause I know that he came from Ash. He he caused the scene. The world knows about him. He basically took out Wahlberg. If Wahlberg survives this, then I feel like innocent zero literally came here for no reason and left without any kind of accomplishment. Well, he's, he, he officially has taken Wahlberg's space magic. Like, oh yes! At yeah, the yeah, end yeah, of the yeah, day, yeah, 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 yeah. he has yeah, you're right, you're right. the space magic, yes. and he has Adam's dark magic, along with his Absolutely. own times magic. Yeah. So he has three, like three liners worth of magic now in his Rubik's cube body. He's just Blackbeard, <laughs> but in mad. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Give me my cherry pie. Yeah, but it's so Batman to be like, all right, I'm the big bad. Oh, I'm kind of at a disadvantage. All right, see you later. Have fun with my fucking crazy giant symbiote monster that I made by like smashing all of the random opponents you guys had down there into a ball. Have fun with the monster. See ya. You know what I mean? And it's like, ah, uh, I mean, it's Mashal. So you kind of just go like, all right. But 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 for me, my expectations, like I was saying a little bit earlier, have been different for Mashal just because it, it seems to kind of be taking that one punch man route. And now to kind of like have that feeling of like that's kind of where we've been in the story. And then to see that all of that one punch man flair just not being executed on, you know, the same to the same degree inside of Mash is kind of disappointing, you know. Mm hmm. I can agree with that. I mean, like. The art is keeping pace. Absolutely. I will say that. Yeah. Like, even if I'm not, like, a big fan of the very one-dimensional current plot line, 
it looks freaking fantastic. Right. So that that is a, a definite positive. And at the end of the day, um, we know that we're going to love like everything that these characters do together at this point too. So at least we have like a good cast in that way. It's where even though this is kind of disappointing mm -hmm. right now, there's like so much that's good about Mash's storytelling outside of this that it's like I feel like everything else can kind of carry me through to the next conflict. And then if it's if it's feeling like this at the end of the next arc then we're we're gonna have some <laughs> you know we're gonna have a little bit more we're gonna have a little bit more to say at least i am but most definitely like first drastic major conflict ending like this as disappointing as it is like it's still we're still like under 100 chapters you know what i mean so like the the fight between sarutobi and orochi maru mm -hmm. was more impactful than what we got here yeah for sure and i mean like and i say that as somebody that watched the anime version before the the manga version where it was just the extended like sorry toby get your hands out of my st or get my hands <laughs> out of your stomach you bastard and just like I, I'm gonna get you. It's like, no, I'm gonna get you. No, five episodes later, I'm gonna get you. Like, <laughs> and you're I mean, still like, like, it that wasn't was still better than this. <laughs> yeah, still better than the freaking Dragon Ball Z charging an attack for five episodes. Oh, sure, but you know, sure. yeah. back in the day, yeah. in five minutes, the planet Namek is totally gonna explode. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. As underwhelming as this arc was in its completion, um, I'm still very, I'm still super excited for Mashal. You know what I mean? Like this is the first time that I've ever been like, kind of, you know, what I could say is like upset. You know, like with the events of something that went down in Mashal, it's really easy to kind of just like let a lot of things roll off just because of the comedic aspect of the series. But like when 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 they go out of their way to say, hey, we're not kidding this time. Check this out, and then go, eh, okay, well kind of were you know what i mean thanks for thanks for tuning in though <laughs> that's a super cynical way to look at it but like that's kind of like like one of the like the first thoughts that i kind of had when i like finished this chapter i was like fuck i feel kind of robbed a little bit of like what this was kind of trying to act like it was going to do you know what i mean but at the end of the day like i said under 100 chapters first major conflict you know who, who knows what like the next phase of mashal is going to look like and if they had such a strong first ish phase you know, then, then I think that Komoto still has, like, a lot of his sleeve left, especially yeah. for later stuff. I will say I'm excited at least to see um, the uh, third-line versions of the Wands of mm -hmm. the Divine Visionaries mm -hmm. coming up. Like, I, I feel like we can only go up from here, right. considering, like, how cool the, the three Wand designs we've seen so far have been. And if every divine visionary has access to the same ability, it should be pretty cool coming up. So, like, yeah. that, that is a, another positive from this, is that we've been seeing that, like, all right, these designs have been really cool. And pretty much, like, every design so far has been named after, like, a god right. or something. Um, so it's going to be really cool to see what gods these other... Uh, wands are named after and what they can do. So yeah. that's that's a positive. And I think we're still operating inside of the Olympian gods still, right? So like all the Greek ones or their Roman counterparts still. So I feel yeah. like I feel like Mashal is still excited because there is that element of predictability inside of like what the next Master Cain form is going to be if we're pulling from 13. You know what I mean? So still a lot to be excited about 
in Mashal, regardless of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, man. And uh, and uh, if uh, you haven't bought it already, Volume One of Mashal, uh, I think is out technically i i don't know if i somehow landed an early copy like mm. for whatever reason i pre-ordered through books a million i have my copy of national volume one Fuck i yeah. have seen nobody else on twitter or anything sharing their pictures of mashal so i guess i'm just <laughs> i used my third line ability to magically summon <laughs> volume one of mashal no into way. my hands for everybody else but the of the card uh, it's uh, it's looking pretty good. Hell yeah. Looking looking nice. So another another book to add to so, somehow add to my bookshelf. I don't even know. My bookshelf God. is lacking, but I definitely want to make sure that I get volume ones for like everything that we cover. So I mean, it's good to know that Mashal is kind of available now. <laughs> I have just like seven stacks of books that mm-hmm. are just like loosely there outside of. I, I don't want to. I don't want to alphabetize <laughs> it again. Yeah, uh, see, this, this is everything I have here, but I got a bunch more shit. Like at my mom's crib, but yeah, that's that's my bookshelf right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. We lacking. But yeah, yeah, that's all I. That's all I have for Mashal, though. Me too. Well, with that, we can go ahead and move right into chapter three hundred of Black Clover, Beyond Tenacity. And uh, we start right off with Gaja here, roasted like a marshmallow, mm. falling out, eyes completely whited out. Super white. And we white. get uh, Megan Cooler talking about, you know, how a spell feels that was uh, fueled by the burning of the caster's own life. Have and, we, has uh, that always been a thing in How she's, I don't think so. Like converting your mana or your life force into mana or. Has I don't know that we've ever seen somebody do it. There's never been a need sure. before. Sure. That's the thing. Like, even with like fighting against the elves, fighting against the devil, there was never well, so which I guess to be fair to that point, with the battle with the the devil, the first one, we did technically see Patri and the first wizard king essentially burning up the rest of their lifespans to yeah, do it. Okay, so there we go. Yeah, Lumiere, you right? could argue yes. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. argue that that was more or less the first instance of it mm-hmm. but those were people that were literally on borrowed time sure. compared to Gaja who was on his death throes and was just like electric beam! <laughs> For real. I want to look, look back and see in the, the Lumiere stuff and see, you know, if that's actually like a piece of dialogue in, you know, the confrontation or, or in, the, in that chapter regarding to like him using his life force as mana and just kind of burning out in that way. I mean, it's like, it, it at the very sense. least, yeah, he was breaking apart already right. mid-fight. Right. Like, licked, he was... Uh, I guess they were the elves were fine like they like were going to be in those bodies until they decided otherwise right but at the very least with Lumiere like he was crumbling right yeah he's turning into dust yeah yeah I just um I mean we, we see this kind of stuff like all the time in in manga where you know like you can in Yu Yu Hakusho you're using your life energy instead of your reishi energy or whatever and, and literally everything mm-hmm. you can convert 
you know, your, your life force into the power that you use. So it's not like an issue or anything. I was just wondering, um, I was just wondering if we had ever heard about that before, like specifically, like um, in the dialogue, the way that we kind of have with Gaja. Yep. I don't think it's ever come up, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, Undine is just taking this like hard, like she, like her body is like, I, I, I would describe it as unraveling, but I mean, like she's literally water, so she's just kind of like yeah. losing her shape. Is She's just like falling into despair because just like, everyone that she kind of cares about is just dying or about to die yeah. and like she is just powerless and it's just like <laughs> yeah yeah no this is definitely quite a scene for everyone involved um i love the i love the art on uh page nine of noel our strength lies in not giving up i'm not the biggest fan of the quote there but like i love that drawing of noel period and i love the reaction panel of of uh of Maggie, Maggie Kula, Kula as yeah. well looking back at it because it's like I feel I feel like I feel like a facial expression like that like whenever you get that reaction from an enemy after you know the hero says something profound or motivational or whatever I feel like that's just always a moment of hype no matter how often it's used even if you're tired of it you still kind of like get that like you know that feeling like good for you Noel <laughs> but she's just like <laughs> yeah he's like bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so, I've, I've always had this thing with people knocking that catchphrase from Black Clover. It's just like, my magic is not giving up or stuff like that. And it's just like, sorry that Black Clover is just verbalizing the thing that literally every shonen protagonist does. Right. Like, yeah. there's literally their shtick is just like, I don't give up. And they might have their own different catchphrase, but it's, yeah. Black Clover's just, just saying it yeah <laughs> and it's just like which yeah. is okay. like which is fine you know like by itself like in a vacuum there's nothing wrong with it it, it, it probably yeah. just feels you know kind of like overdone you know to the two people who are you know reading other things where they are saying like new things now instead of like sure. 2006 but, but quotes you know what i mean i'm i'm going to i am going to cash every goddamn receipt i can find if like all of a sudden JJK comes back and Megami is just like, I just don't know when to give up or like something like 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 he kinda already like has my resolve that. is never giving I know, but yeah. like I'm gonna call bullshit on people. It's just like, oh, you're eating it up because it's JJK. But Black Clover has been saying it all along. It's just like Yeah. But Megami said it and like, oh it's like Fuck you. It's all about the feeling, man. It's all about the feeling. It's all about the feeling that the moment gives you. You know what I mean? Like if the feeling, like for like like for like me, for example, like I'm not the biggest fan of this chapter. You know what I mean? Like I appreciate it for what it does, but like, oh yeah, is this a, is, yeah, is this a chapter where I'm gonna be like, holy shit, that Black Clover chapter? Absolutely not. It's honestly, it felt to me like like Tabata was just trying to cram as many clone, you know, shonen cliches as he could into the chapter, and it's like we shouldn't be doing that 300 chapters in here. So like when you when at least for someone like me thinking about this situation versus Megumi you know in jjk versus the special grade it's like we learned like so much more about like megumi as a character the world at large and how like curse energy kind of works inside of it we literally saw a domain being born in that scene like that's a really big deal in a story like jujutsu kaisen so like even though the quote itself if you like kind of take it away in the megumi moment is still basically the same thing as this it's like there's other stimuli like around it that like 
drive that hype. And I'm sure that this situation drives hype for a lot of people. I'm just talking about like my own experience since we're talking about Megumi versus versus Noel here. There's just more for me to soak up, you know, in in any in any moment in Jujutsu Kaisen versus Black Clover. So even though there's similar situations, I'd still probably say Jujutsu Kaisen's moment hit a little bit harder. I know that that's going to sound biased as fuck, and you can do whatever you want with that. But... You're just biased because <laughs> yeah. Megumi is blessed by Jujutsu. <laughs> Whoo, man. That, that, man, if we start I like this, like that, yeah. I like this quote from Noel a lot. This, you know, our human, you know, humans, mm -hmm. our strength lies in not giving up. It's like that, that rings super true, even if you go back to shit, the Stone Age. Like that yeah. could be a quote straight out of Dr. Stone. Like, yeah. As we've made our way through history, humans have never given up, and that's where our strength lies. Is Absolutely. like persevering through all the hardships and shit that have gotten us to the point that we're at now in history. And it's like, yeah, that's major. Yeah, and it is, <laughs> and and it's fine. Like you know what I mean. And and we've gotten like different versions of this exact same moment, and like a lot of things. Like you can think about yeah. like Isaac Netro versus Meruem. It's like. You know, don't don't underestimate humanity's infinite potential for evolution. You know what I mean? Like it's got a you know, like it's obviously worded a lot differently, but it's a similar impact. You know, like in the moment. You know what I mean? Like at base, but obviously we know that Metro versus Merum was like a way crazier situation than this, really. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like we see this quote all the time. You know what I mean? So it's not a the quote itself isn't inherently an issue. It's just like. Black Clover, at least for me, is just, like, generally underwhelming right now. So then, like, getting, like, a trite, you know, like, kind of, like, played out, like, quote on top of all of it. And then Asta coming in and, like, saving the day at the end. It just feels, it felt very, um, it just felt like a missed opportunity to me. But I will say, at least for me personally, the highlight of this chapter is Megicula's speech like throughout this entire thing mm -hmm. um and there's two parts in particular um that are really interesting and do help paint a picture as well as allude to i um, eventually what happens at the end of the chapter so i really like the fact that um the the concepts of like love loyalty and especially hope are not concepts that exist in the devil hierarchy. Um, like, loyalty, it's not necessarily a loyalty thing that the devils have. It's more so, and this is another thing that she says, the fact that, you know, the weak don't disobey the strong. Um, there's that hierarchy that's there. But there's no, absolutely no concept of hope. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to even see if, like there is any like aspect of love in the world of the devils at all um but i mean that being said all three of those traits are traits that we see in lieb um who is about to just ruin megicula's day because she's all about the whole thing about like how devils never disobey those who's level is higher than their own well guess what magicula you're about to get beaten by the guy who is the bottom of the totem pole yeah um it does also make me wonder based on that line of logic i know that both she and lucifero are both like devils of like some of like the highest level what is the 
is it like even between the two of them? Is Lucifero higher? Is Megicula technically higher? Because like if Lucifero is higher than her, she's technically being a hypocrite right now since she is acting out against his plan for her own purposes. But um, either way, I love everything that was going on with Megicula. I, I didn't necessarily love how we got to where Megicula is, where she is now. Yeah. But I, I love this line of dialogue that we've been getting with her, at least in this chapter specifically. Um, and I, I mentioned like the group chat, one of the group chats we have. Um, I, I, and I can't find it at this point, but like, yeah. I feel like there were certain aspects of the conversation that weren't translated to the same level in the fan translation mm. as it was in the officials. And I okay. appreciated what the officials did more and it made things feel better for me. Um, but I, I, I did like this aspect of the chapter, despite a lot of the cliches that we did get. Like, yeah. it's yeah. I, I won't deny the fact that we had a bunch of cliches in chapter 300, but I think Megicula made up for some of it at the very least. So she says, like, thing all, that was too, oh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. the only thing that was too off putting for me about the chapter was like <clears throat> when she comes right back. And she's like, oh, unfortunately for you, my body's under the protection of this high-speed ultra-recovery ultra curse, which <laughs> I, I'm not, like, I, I could be wrong, but I don't know if this had ever even been mentioned before by her. And, like, she just brings it out of nowhere, like, ah, ah, ah. Like, and it was just kind of like, what the fuck? So the curse warning magic totally... just going to do whatever it needs to at any moment to raise the stakes the way the scene needs? Or as what? far as the other, like, events of the chapter, like, I was totally expecting asta most likely to come in and save the day because like you know noel was on like kind of her last leg and had no magic left and um mm -hmm. and as far as the tropey shit goes like i've always said black clover is a, a series in my opinion that really just embraces what has worked for yeah. the past you mm -hmm. know however many years in in jump you know the mm -hmm. tropes that people seem to like in the in the shonen genre and uh, more so than a near series, just kind of like takes those and runs with them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Versus your like Jujutsu Kaisens and stuff like that that are kind of trying to do, you know, stuff a little differently. It just takes what has worked and he's like, I'm gonna run with it. You know, yeah. I, I've never, I've never thought really Tabata's and I thought there was really trying to do too much that was too crazy. Right. He does like I, people have pointed out to me some good foreshadowing. He's he's done. Yeah, all that's fine. Me. All that's fine. But um, yeah. At but the end does. of the day, I, I've never thought he was like trying to like go like universal like mind bending concepts with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. He was just trying mm. to do his thing. He keeps it safe. And he keeps it traditional. Flex his magical like uh, you know ability ability. Yeah. You know, he's got some mm -hmm. some some dope concepts for the magic abilities and yeah dope character designs and artwork and double spreads and stuff like that. And yeah. the story works. So yeah, it works. A lot of yeah. this stuff feels good. Like Asta coming through with the, um, demon dweller, I think is that one that like sucks the, you know, the, that's the, the one where he can like, he out. would tap the elves and it would cure, like right. it would take the, you know, yeah. Possession out of them. Yeah. That's all cool. That all makes sense. So he may be able it, to, yeah. Was it demon dweller? I thought that was the one that stored magic. 
One of them is, I'm pretty sure it's this one because this the one, one he's have got. a pointed tip. Yeah, it's this one that has like the rounded like tip on it and he just touches it to you and then like expels or sucks in, you know, whatever, you know, I know that I know that that's you the have. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering, ah, which one? Pretty sure it's Demon. I was right. I was right. What Demon got? Dweller Sword is the one that stores magic. Oh, sure. Oh, okay, so Demon Dweller. Oh, yeah, he can take that on one. It. So wait, what is this one? So this Items. one is the Demon Destroyer Demon Sword. Demon Destroyer. Oh, wait. Let me see. Demon Destroyer yep. Sword. Yep, absolutely. Okay, so that's the one. Demon Destroyer Sword. So this is the one. Good, good shit, Axel. So this is the one where he touches it to you, and, and, and that's fine. That all feels good. Okay, so now Lolo Pachika's, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like out of, you know, harm's way or whatever. It's it's all cool. It's like we knew these people were probably going to be kind saved. Kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, like, she at least doesn't have this situation that is at hand right now affecting yes. her to the same degree. So who knows? I don't, I, yeah. I don't think that she's going to be healed up, standing up, talking and cracking jokes anytime soon. But at least she's out of immediate danger. It's, it's cool that, like, people are going to be saved that we want to not die. You know what I mean? But, like, just, like, the execution on it, I don't know. Noel said no one can... No one can reach you here, and it's like, why even say that if you know you're just gonna have ass to come pull up at the last second? It's like, it's like I, I'm tired of underestimation being an arrogance, just being the the exploitable, you know, weakness that 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 kind of like gets you through the day, especially if you're going to have something as predictable as ass to pulling up at the at the perfect moment to fucking save everybody. It's like subvert something if you can is like all that I kind of like ask from from Black Clover at this point. But other than that, dude. Like all I think he's averted something in that, like, God just seems to actually be dead here, and that's something we haven't seen is, like, that life exchange magic, which blew yeah. the fuck out of Maggie Kula. I but still doubt that came out of left field dead. with the... I, I, still I think he's out of there. I think, I, think, I think he is on his last legs, no more fighting, used all of his magic, but I don't think he killed himself to do that. I don't think so. I don't think so. But we'll see, and if hey. so, then you'll be right. That will have been... A wild ass moment, you know, indecision for Tabata to make. I just can't see it just yet. So, I, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree to a bit. So I, I think there is still room to subvert expectations, and I do think even if uh, Gaja isn't dead, he's going to die. Sure. Like that's that, like that's like he might have like the he's last run through thing, his belly, but like right. yeah, a big hole in his too. stomach too. So like he is he is he has been aced, and he has been burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, he's been turned into a donut. No, um, but like, so that being said, um, and like before I get to these points, I also want to say I didn't realize that uh, Asta high fived Noel until I looked this yeah. up online and saw the double page spread. Because mm -hmm. yeah. like, I it, like if you're reading it on mobile and yeah. you're like reading it like just the one page is a little awkward because it's right. like the three lines. When you three see it all double page spread, mm -hmm. it's great and I love yeah. the high five and whatnot. But, yeah, the high but five is um, at the same so, time, it's hard to imagine like choreography wise how he high fived. Like, did he spin around real quick as he went by her and do it? Like, you know, no, it would it would just be like like slapping her on the back as he's like flying by right but it, you could see the connection on her hand you know what i mean yeah. like she's she's literally like this and there's impact yeah. you know illustration on her hand but asta is like you know what i mean With he how he's positioned yeah, his, it doesn't his seem right like... foot is forward so he would have had to be like ah which is cool yep 
Um, I just so yeah. the subverting expectations oh, yeah, 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 yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I have appreciated is the fact that it appears that the Demon Destroyer sword is not able to just straight up remove Lola Pechka's curse, mm -hmm. nor can it seemingly re like return her from her currently demonic state, sure. which does provide great continuity because like if Asta's sword had the ability to remove the curse magic from the get-go would have removed all the level of danger and whatnot with it and it mm -hmm. shows that even with the demon destroyer's capabilities it still has its limits and it's not able to fully remove everything that's there so it's still very possible that Lola Pechka could die hmm. um like while she's still in this demonic state or yeah. something um so just because Asta's there I don't think that the day is fully saved yet okay. um but what, we'll just have to wait and see right what's most possible is that like just because in the past Asta's sword has been able to remove the possession specifically we might get Lola Pechka conscious now in this devil state you know what i'm saying like oh mm -hmm. fuck running around like what if now from now on we just get like devil lola pechka <laughs> and she's got like yeah. offensive spells now yeah or she <laughs> could uh like in her own last ditch effort kind of thing uh use the offensive demon magic that she has to attack but yeah um, and her being as good of a person as she is, she could be a tool or an impetus in bridging that gap between humans and devils and showing that, like, not all devils necessarily are bad. Yeah, you know it's like, saying? now we got a whole queen over here in heart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, half devil, what's up mm -hmm. now? And she's one of the best yeah. people out. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Looking out ah. for her kingdom constantly. <laughs> the last detail I at least wanted to cover, yeah. um, Asta's devil arm. It's interesting to me that like it's coloring kind of smoothed out. Yeah, it's just like, stark it's black like now. it's just stark black. You don't see like the roughness that it yeah. had before. And I I don't clay. remember yeah, I don't remember if that was shown like that previously or not. And I'm I'm wondering if that's just like a sign like that like his and Lieb's relationship is smoothing out. <laughs> Stop I, it. I'll, I'll see myself out. No. <laughs> no, what it could be, though, it's like, like you have this like tendril of energy still coming off the Demon Destroyer sword in the panel where it has Asta's arm. So it could yeah. just be mm -hmm. just like channeling through the arm since it's devil related. And that's why you're True. seeing it stark black because it's literally removing something right now and going back to leave. Yeah, essentially it maybe and it was know. a lighter shade in the handshake double spread before the demon destroyer was cloaked ah, sure, in the yeah. anti-magic so and it, it could have just been like a missed detail thing i don't know i've got a at some point i'll probably look back and be like oh his arm changed at this point but yeah. um yeah i got a i got a little bit of a high uh, getting praised for detail catching the last time I talked about Black Clover on here. Yeah, that's, so a, dude, that's like, a great detail. Give me my points. Yeah. <laughs> give me my Black Clover brownie points. <laughs> you got him, dude. That's a, that's a really cool detail because now I'm going back to 12 and 13 and it is drawn differently, but it's literally just like a dark gray to light gray, like gradient in the arm. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure if I zoom in, yeah. I'll see that this is just like all screen tones. Yeah. 
but and like, like you see like the, the like the musculature of the arm but you don't see that same kind of like rigid stony pattern yeah 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 no that's a that's a great that's a great spot mm -hmm. buddy fuck yeah mm -hmm. hell yeah yeah, excited for the next chapter, man. I want to see, like, kind of, like, what goes on. Like, we can probably assume that, like, his time limit has kind of, like, cooled down on his transformation. So we'll probably get, like, full form Asta again, you know, with Lieb, like, Union or whatever, so that he can, like, fight Megicula. And then, I don't know, probably runs out of energy after that fight. And then everyone, like, you know, fucks around with Morris or, like, any other kind of, like, devil. And then we'll probably get his form again in little, like, 15-minute, like, increments or five, ten, whatever I, it is. I don't. It's still five. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know that enough time has passed mm. where he's gonna get like all five minutes. Like I, oh, there's sure. a part of me that thinks that like, because again, not a whole lot of time has passed since he fought those two doubles. Yeah. So like, it's very possible that we'll see him like start the fight and we will already see some of the clover petals already gone on his suit but well, i want to say that he wouldn't be able to go into the union form unless he had like the full five charge because otherwise what are you talking about the cooldown for if you can just like you know um kind of expedite that cooldown by just going to three instead of five on the chest you know what i mean maybe but, at but the, i mean and, that and in itself is a disadvantage right that is true but i feel like that would not be good for continuity based on dialogue that we've kind of like had earlier related to this transformed form but also at the same time it's like he doesn't have to start the fight in this union mode either you know what i mean like he mm -hmm. can box magicula you know, for in whatever kind of sword stance that feel he wants around, for you know what I'm saying? Yeah, feel it, feel it out. You know what I mean? And then, and then when yep. the chips are really down, boom! I got my fucking devil union back. You know what I mean? And I can finish this bitch off. It'd probably be something like that. Yeah, uh, we gotta, we gotta see some kind of confrontation. I'm hoping between Lieb and Megicula. Yeah, I mean, sure. like especially with how with how the dialogue in this chapter went, we need to see the fact that Lieb is standing up to. Megicula standing up to a demon of her level yeah. like I am from the bottom and I am going to destroy you right. uh, with the bonds that I have with this human that you consider trash right yeah. I do love the link with Asta and Lieb like motivationally right so it's like Asta wants to prove to nobility that like all men are created, created equal or whatever and like just because you were born into a noble family it doesn't matter I'm a slum kid I still beat your ass like type shit but then you also have like a very similar situation inside of Lieb and his relationship with other devils in general just having more power and looking at you know an anti-magic devil the same way nobility looks at Asta so I love that dynamic now that we've gotten it as I think I even made fun of it like back when we got like the Lieb development like comparing it to Karama or whatever all that stuff still feels weird but at the end of the day like just looking at this relationship i love the dynamic of asta and leave and i just want to say that like on record you know for all the reasons that i kind of just stated but yeah yeah man <laughs> well i think uh i don't know i think that's that's about all i had for black clover yeah i'm good too i'm good all right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and move right into chapter 320 of My Hero Academia. Deku versus Class A. Amen. And uh, we got a nice little color cover right here featuring Tsui-chan. Yes, love the Asui I see. cover. I don't know if she's ever had one like this, right? 
I want to say uh, that I feel like I can vaguely remember a time where she had a dedicated cover before, but like I am drawing a blank right now. Exactly when that was, but let us know in the comments. Guys she's popular enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. She's always been one of my favorites too. So just seeing that, uh, she's one of the most popular, you know, girls of class one A for sure. Yeah. yeah, put a big smile on my face to see her on the cover. Love that. Oh hell yeah! Especially just like stanced yeah. up on some hard body shit, like oh, yeah. ready to ah good thumbnail material. Determination in her eyes, type shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love this chapter, dude. Ida, the first fucking panel is just Ida, like, looking like he's ready for action, bro. <laughs> Look at that, dude, yeah. that determination. He looks like a Shonen MC. He definitely does. But speaking of the real Shonen MC, <laughs> Hey, nice. Love that. Fuck yeah. So, I, I just want to say that I love bakugo's fourth wall break because there's a secondary side to things sure. with that yeah so like call back to you right? the comments yeah. well the way i was interpreting it is this it's it's a nod to you know deku losing himself in this whole superhero mindset mm -hmm. uh and if he were on the cover of a comic like froppy was he'd be drawn differently nice. like the whole style of him this whole mood this whole demeanor and whatnot mm -hmm. like he is just edgy like he is not like any of his friends anymore his entire the the entire like image and whatnot that he was trying to build up this entire time up until his character regression like you're acting so crazy the, the author's got to draw you differently <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you look like, like a villain, you, you, you damn nerd superhero wannabe trying to be all edgy rather than like the campy people that you were friends with. Like right. I really like that. Like yeah. yes, it was a fourth wall break, but yeah. like the whole like comic book mindset side of things, I was just like, yeah. It's a great line, Bakugo. That's it's a really good. great line. And I think I saw someone point out on Twitter that it's a callback to um very early in the series, I think within the first two or three chapters when All Might was like drawn the way that he is, you know, in his like style when he's buff All Might or whatever. And I think even Deku made a comment like, All Might's drawn so differently right now or something like that. Remind me if um That too. Yeah, remind me. I, that was just something cool that I just like saw like on the timeline related to it. I was like, oh, okay, well that makes it feel like a lot cooler because I couldn't remember yeah. like a fourth wall break in the series before then. And I know it leans into its, you know, comic book influence. You get a lot of fourth wall breaks inside yeah. of Western comics, you know what I mean? So I thought all that was yeah. fine, but knowing that it kind of like links back to a previous point in the story makes it feel a little bit cooler to me. But mm -hmm. but that's a that was a really cool kind of like spotlight for Bakugo there. I love I love how Bakugo is still Bakugo, but you could feel, um, you know how how much he's kind of like progressed and how different he is. I I, I think it's mm -hmm. really hard when you're like three hundred plus chapters into a series that's very character driven. You know you want to evolve the character because you don't want to stagnate them and make everyone say like where is this going. But you also don't want to change too much about them for the you know, fans of that character that have come to, like, really know them. So reaching this mm -hmm. point in your story, I feel like, is is, is always um, is always something to kind of take your hat off for because I feel like it's kind of hard to do generally in storytelling, or at least I assume it is. But mm -hmm. 
but yeah bro fire fire everybody everybody got their words in and everybody linked did their thing everybody did their thing physically but then also like dialogue wise like everyone tying it back to a memory with deku that made them appreciate him and themselves a little bit more really does a lot for the emotional punch that this um that this that this chapter kind of gives you it's it's that emotional parade cliche of look at all the people you've impacted mm -hmm. you should not feel the way you're feeling because look at all these people that you've right. made happy or blah 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 and it's yeah. like yeah it's it's great but yeah. like it, it is very cliche it's just it like is. oh coda found his voice yep oh like <laughs> Darrow is hitting you with his tape, and he learned, and you learned it, black whip maneuvers from Saro. Yeah. And and then there's Ojiro, who's just like, "You got angry for me, and that made <laughs> me happy. And now I'm sad that you're angry, but not angry for me. But he is angry for him. Um, but Even I mean, it's like, cliche, dude. It's, like it's totally cliche, but like at least there's this yes. choreography surrounding it is like so fire. Like Ojiro grabbing him with the tail and then you see the tail kind of like wrapped behind his like thigh and he's using like the leverage of like physiology mm -hmm. in that way to kind of like give him a little bit more tug that shit's fired the heartbeat wall you know what i'm saying inside of jiro with like the paneling of the heartbeat wall exploding and then like deku kind of like sorrowing you know or soru you know or, or flash step whatever you want to call it the the the, the teleport you know, um, illustration into the next panel. You could like connect the line from where he's kind of like, or at least it kind of like feels like that to me anyway, on page um, eight, you know what I mean? Heartbeat yeah. wall and then you get the swoop and like you can follow the, the trajectory the yeah, of that into the next panel. Like shit like that, like that shit is so raw, bro. Like that makes, I feel like when you have other stimuli like that, that you can kind of like be excited about, it kind of makes the like if it was literally just this dialogue and they were all standing there talking to each other and it was beautifully drawn it's like obviously they have to fight because you know they're it's this kind of situation but like i'm just thinking about how yes it is cliche but there's a lot more going on around it that kind of like makes it less you know what i mean i don't know if cringy is the right the right word but you guys know where I'm this <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah but yeah i i do agree though like it's yeah. it's all greatly composed where yeah. like it's just like like oh plan a is failed let's go to plan b plan b is failed plan c plan d etc 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 like like they essentially have taken a page out of deku's book mm -hmm. where they have analyzed him and his behaviors and whatnot and are incorporating that into their own uh, Batman anti-Deku strategy yeah, uh, to well try said. and get him to fall asleep. Yeah, that was well said. Yeah, it is. it, it does feel like very Tower of Babel, you know what I mean, or, or whatever inside of the Justice League, because it's like, and and also, I mean, more so than anything, it's just calling back to Deku's whole personality in the, in the beginning of the show, just like you said, Axel, with them kind of like mm -hmm. taking a page out of his book. You know what I mean? Like, all of that feels good. It was tight to see Yao Yorizu with this, like, crazy contraption that she spawns. Because it's, like, in in 12, top right panel of 12, it literally just looks like a slate of, like, stone that he's kind of, like, up against. And I'm sure that that's... I don't know how much of this um, created item or apparatus 
was actually already like there because it felt to me when i first read it like since it's such a like a blank slate like slab of stone and then the next panel it's got it felt like it all kind of came out and that it wasn't already there in which case like i wonder how that's gonna look like in the anime because i feel like that'll clear a little bit more up for me because it's like did the whole entire like apparatus come from the from behind the yeah the stone it looks slab? like if yeah yeah it looks like it all like rah, wrapped around it sure okay okay yeah then that's fine then but i just remember being like i'm pretty sure this has to like come out of you i'm pretty sure you can't spawn shit like in the distance you know what i mean so but yeah that was just like the one part in the art where i was like wait a minute what's it what exactly is happening here but i love i love this moment because this is like the most complicated thing we've ever seen yao momo make i want to say right I think so, yeah. That's tight. That's really cool. Must have taken her a few, I mean, a few sessions to make like the different components and pieces. Sure. Yeah. I I guess it would depend on like how you would classify complications, considering oh, sure. that she had to make like a super strong sleeping drug uh, against Gigantomachia. But like, I mean, yeah, that being said, like if this is the machine to put him to there. sleep. Yeah. yeah right it's like two different kinds of like complicated almost there's probably more data related to making a drug than there is like building this robot at least in regard to how the quirk kind of operates so that's a that's a good mm -hmm. point too ha dude dark shadow ragnarok womb that shit was so fucking cool to see so we have we seen ragnarok techniques before because i want to say that the plf war raid the uh the dark shadow versus redestro i wanted to say went into ragnarok for that attack i could just be misremembering but based on my memory right now i want to say ragnarok was tied to that technique against redestro so if he's using a ragnarok technique that kind of like wowed us in the moment during the paranormal liberation front war in regard to like how effective it was against redestro and his goons in that moment and then Deku just effortlessly jumps out of it. Like, that was, like, a really big deal for me. Just with that memory. And if I'm wrong, let me know in the comments or whatever. I could have sworn Ragnarok And they'll let you movie. know. Yeah, they really will. They do. They're really good about that. But... <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. I love um, how even I do... uh, Shiro got, like... Shiro's the one with the octo arms, right? Or whatever. He's got some, like, new tech. Right, the one who can uh, like, make wings and like sprout his body parts anywhere. Oh yeah, he it's was like the one that wrapped him in the shit. He said, uh, "This is some some insulating tape Yarrowzu made for my tentacles," yeah, and he wrapped him up in it. And then that's when he hit him with the the uh, the Ragnarok womb was yep. in the darkness of the wrapping. Yep, yep, yep. Right, that's fucking dope. No, his name is Shoji. Shoji, yeah, Shiro. Jeez, we we would have too many eros, bro. Ojiro, Jiro, and Shiro. That'd be too much. Shoji. Yeah, no, I was just like, no, his name is Shoji, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it, yeah, it's so Shoji. Yeah, you're totally Shoji. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I do I do want to quick go back to page ten though. Okay. Um because I the the whole the the, the line that Deku says, I can't let all for one take you all away from me. Mm -hmm. It's not a fear of him being taken from his friends right like as we're seeing images of like the, the various people that have been injured while you know fighting um he is he is afraid that like uh all for one is gonna be 
taking them away from him like one by one and oh, that's sure. the reason why he had to leave that's the reason why he couldn't be together with them fighting uh like he couldn't do it and i'm trying to i can't i'm trying to see okay so uh the the three peeper peeper the peeper. three people that we <laughs> saw injured in the three panels above i thought the first one was sun eater and no that was yeah. Um, and then we got Bakugo, and then the middle one is Gran Torino, because mm -hmm. um, that one was like the the hardest one to kind of read, yeah. uh, at least on mobile and whatnot. So, right. yeah, I I think that's really powerful that it's just it, all all the while looking like this just monster. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as he's being gripped by the tail, is just like I can't let him take you away. <laughs> yeah, and then. <laughs> yeah shoots off into the building yeah yeah and i mean like everything that everybody is saying is makes sense uh everything that everyone is saying makes sense and i feel like that's what um kind of like makes these kind of like scenes work you know what i mean where you have yep. like one a lot of the time it's one character you know what i mean that um wants to take too many responsibilities on his shoulders and go off solo and do some dumb shit and then his friends have to be like you don't know what you're doing and then they just throw like childish ass responses out blah 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 a lot of like kind of like what it sounds like here in this exchange between class 1a and deku but at the end of the day like this man all for one will really kill y'all dog and i understand that you want to be there anyway despite that threat because you want to support your boy but like it's just like that moral quandary or conflict of interest in in how people want to go about you know like uh fixing this kind of thing and like deku mm -hmm. kind of i feel like deku and and all might and bakugo are probably the three characters that really understand the full scope of like what all for one is really capable of you know what i mean and everyone else kind of feels like they want to be involved and i, I think deku is feeling that they want to be involved no matter what because they're friends but also deku is thinking you guys don't understand just how grave this situation is though so like let me cook you know what i mean and when it's when it kind of feels right on both sides because it's like yeah deku you're making a lot of sense all for one will smoke all these motherfuckers very easily while yeah. you're distracted you know what i mean like he probably plays that scenario out a million times in his head so he's good there but then everybody else is like sure we kind of like suck compared to you physically but like <laughs> you really expect us to just like be like all right go handle it and die you know what i mean like it's just it's 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 almost equal the 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 driving factors here and but at the same time though if if uh, if, if he's on par with all might at 100 percent yeah and he should think back to that situation where they were able to interfere in the situation where all might was fighting all for one because right. of how he can hold all might all for one off yeah he was like you know he was like all for one is is holding all might off mm -hmm. but the opposite is also true right so like with him doing his thing against all for one like they'll be able to do some some damage and some things yeah you know? and, I, and he'll I think be he'll, able to hold all for one back yeah and i think he'll realize that too because i i feel like that's what this is doing right because notice how like ochako and ia don't do anything this chapter obviously kohei is saving that because this stretch of yeah. storytelling isn't you finished. you know yeah they're being saved for the the end right exactly because you have ochako who is just like his love interest and has a bunch that she wants to get off her chest anyway and 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 her kind of like character arc is starting to kind of like swell in regard to like spotlight and we see little threads kind of like 
you know, being created for Ochako. So we know she's getting a big moment coming up soon. It's probably going to be related to this a great deal. But then you also have Ida. He's the first character you see looking mad determined, but he doesn't do anything all chapter. That's because they're going to tie this back to when he tried to do this exact same thing with Stain. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it's literally, like, I mean, not, it's not literally the exact same situation, but it's a similar philosophy, you know, inside of the mind of Ida and inside of the mind of Deku. Deku's got a lot more at stake than fucking, you know, Ida did. That was pretty much all 100% bare-bones immaturity and, and, and naivety. But, like, Deku's situation has a lot more going for it, but I still think that that tether, you know, between Ida and Stain and Deku and All for One is what Kohei is saving Ida or alongside with Ochako, who clearly wasn't in the chapter for reasons that we kind of just talked about. But I think that this whole setup is fire. And I think that... I love... Yeah. Go ahead, finish. No, 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 you go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, sure I love this. sure it's not ice cold? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, going into this, uh, you know, six, 17 into 18 here, you know, when Deku is like, so please just get away from me, I'm begging you guys. And he's like so emotional that he like wants to cry and shit for his friends because he hates to leave them right but he has feels he has to bear this burden alone and then uh Todoroki but obviously he's... hits him with the heaven you know piercing ice wall yeah he smashes into it gets himself lodged and then this quote from Todoroki hits hard man this what a look you have on your face is this responsibility so much for you that you can't even let yourself cry Seems like a burden you should share with the rest of us. When he knows that yeah. Deku's the type of person that'll cry all the time. Like, right. he cries frequently, yeah. you know, and point. is an emotional person. And he's like, you feel like you can't even cry now because you got this heavy-ass burden you got to bury and you just got to, like, you know, I don't know, put it all on your shoulders and just grin and bear it? Like, no. Yeah. Like, what would you say you to any friends. of us if the situation was flipped? What have you said yeah. to any of us? He, any of he, our darkest he's ones? cried. He's yeah. cried because he's seen his friends carry their own burdens and crying and telling them, you don't have to, you know, take that burden for yourselves. And then, again, because of his character regression that's going on right now, hmm. is, you know, rejecting the fact that, like, he's doing it himself right now. Uh, right. He is rejecting them. He is taking on this burden all by himself. He, who is one of the most emotional people in the series, is refusing to let himself cry. Yeah. Just can't do it. And by yeah. and by regression, you mean because he is kind of <laughs> critical to his like whole philosophy throughout the entire series, basically. Right now. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. As much yeah, as sure. people are like, oh, this is really cool d character development for Deku. And it's just like, it's mm -hmm. regression, yeah. not development. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry. Me... It is a development of his character. It's right. not character growth. Right. There we go. Right. And I mean, like, even so, like, even though you can attribute the word development to, like, any stage of, like, a character's writing at the end of the day, like, these char these terms are defined the way they are, like, for a reason. You know what I mean? So it's like yes. development, you know, like isn't even growth like people think it is. You know what I mean? Like growth and development are kind mm -hmm. of, you know, like um, definition wise, like two completely different things in literature. So it's like that whole thing always gets messy, you know, like regardless. But like, yeah, I think I can agree with regression right now just because of how hypocritical Deku is being. But like the the, the reasonings for like what I've been seeing people say about Deku and related to character regression that we're kind of like seeing here right now it's just kind of just been like subpar reasoning like they don't they, they don't really get it 
you know what I mean? But like, I think the the hypocrisy is kind of like what what really sells that. So that feels fine. Mm hmm. And I uh, I do love Froppy getting to end the chapter because it ties back to the beginning of yeah. the chapter. Same determination in like, her eyes as yeah. the cover. Yes, yeah. but the the line in particular. So if you're dead set on being some comic book superhero then class A won't let you live that fantasy alone. And who got to be the comic book hero on the cover of a comic book? Yeah. Froppy for this chapter. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Good shit, Axel. That was, that was, that was cool. Hell I didn't yeah. even think mm -hmm. about that at all like that. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I thought that was just like a great tie-in. It's just like, oh, yeah, go figure she gets to deliver the the comic book superhero line after being the 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 poster child for this issue yeah and a color page is a comic book cover like yeah. it's right. fantastic <clears throat> <laughs> what a chapter man like this is like this is and i feel like it's right on time too because people have been talking about like class 1a and their involvement like in the story you know what i mean and how they felt like kind of underwhelming during the war and it's like well now we know that like their moments weren't meant for the war you know what i mean they're meant for this situation that's developed since then you know what i mean so that's just mm -hmm. kind of something you have to run into when you're doing week-to-week -week stuff and that's the fastest that we you know can consume the content but like i'm glad that you know horikoshi is kind of leaning back into class 1a now especially so soon after you know a lot more class 1a criticism has kind of come out it like always feels good when when a manga could kind of like does what you, a lot of people are saying that they don't think you will do, you know what I mean? So that feels good inside mm -hmm. of the issue as well. Yeah. And I do, I think, and I'm surprised no one else mentioned this, um, but I think an element of page 16 is going to play a big part for how this little story wraps up. He goes after like escaping Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. He goes flying past a statue of All Might in the the pose where right. he's got the fist up, mm -hmm. like, and I I feel like he is. Like, we're definitely gonna see him, you know, viewing this statue at least one more like time, um, in like the next chapter, like the chapter after that, you know. Again, just going to show like, for someone that idolized All Might. For someone that like idolized his strength and helping others and whatnot and being a symbol of hope, who you are right now is such a far cry from that. Right. That like, I think you're being so wrapped up in the vestiges that you're forgetting your original inspiration. Wow. And casting away your friends and whatnot. So I, I think it, it's such a brief shot. But there's so much, there's such a statement in it that like he is, like just rocketing past this All Might statue and just, just trying to denounce everything, denounce everything that his friends are trying to throw at him, everything that they're trying to do to save him, and he is fighting so desperately, not to be saved. Yeah. Wow, when that was his really well the, the statue of his hero is right there, yeah, the statue that would always say "I am here," and Deku does not want to be here. Yeah, he, he does not want to be saved. Wow, that was that was fire. I that and, was, 
and see like it's it's shit like that in my hero academia that's so fire because it's like we understand the world at large to such a degree and the characters involved that like you can see a panel like that and say a bunch of shit about it it's like one of those like a picture you know says a thousand words kind of things and this is like a panel that i kind of brush past and until you kind of like went into that you know soliloquy so i i appreciate the, the spot absolutely and like now i'm looking at this panel and i'm like man like what is deku like i know that we kind of like get some internal monologues like stuff like afterwards but like deku not addressing the statue but like you still having such a profound thought about like what him launching out of the building past the statue like might mean to him it's like that creating an, an image of like unspoken shit going on in deku's mind outside of like the text that we get on the actual page is like a really like thought provoking it, it makes it a really thought provoking panel for me now you know what i mean it's like i love manga mm -hmm. that kind of allow you to do that especially in like a conversational setting like this so yeah. i appreciate that that was that was fire hell yeah yeah like, man i don't know i think that's about all i had for for my hero yeah me too asui ida and ochako about to do it to him next chapter like that's gonna make this like whole stretch of storytelling i feel like just feels so good at the end of next issue <clears throat> but yeah mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm good too for sure great combo guys all righty then with that i think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 1019 of one piece <laughs> I finally Kelly. get to be in a video where we talk about One Piece. Oh yeah, uh, I don't think you. Yeah, I think uh, every time you've been, <laughs> every time every you've been on the show. Damn time. Yeah. Oh my god, it finally happened. <laughs> Jeez, and I have so much to say about this chapter, so I'm okay. happy. But let's get where's, into it. Where's the title? Chapter oh, title. Yeah. Heliceratops. Nice, nice. Let's talk about this splash page though, or this this color double page spread. This double page color spread, man. Splash oh page is an God. is an appropriate term to use for this one specifically. Holy shit! I love the water ones. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course, because you, you get to see, you know what I'm saying, Nami Swan. Hey, man. Robin Swan. Yes, oh, see, I, I see your Nami and your Robin, but I don't care because I've got my Jimbe oh, and sure. I've got my Frankie with the freaking whale hair and just the random shirt that says you can steer for whatever reason. <laughs> Okay, like, so I didn't notice the hair. The freaking whale hair with the smiley face. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. So, oh, but I do love knows that Jinbei's uh, kimono because, like, I, I know it's not what it's supposed to be, but, like, it gives me, like, jellyfish vibes, despite oh, sure. the fact that, like, they're supposed to be, like, waves and whatnot. But, like, just from, like, the contours I, of I, the clothing wrinkles. Yes. Yeah. Like, I am just so happy that every straw hat group shot we get from now on gets to include Jimbei. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. So happy. Yeah, me too, man. As they're just surrounded by just Zora giant down on the whales. other whale just eating. Yeah, just smashing. Yeah. And then you got fucking Sanji like, I got your watermelon pizza or whatever the fuck that is in Nami his one. <laughs> It is a watermelon pizza, isn't it? What is it is on? watermelon pizza. Sanji. I I thought it was like sushi pizza for a while, but no, it's 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 watermelon pizza <laughs> for whatever reason. Nah, because I've seen uh 
I remember one time I saw a chef on some show and they were highlighting their restaurant and their like main item was like a fucking not a deep fried watermelon but like a roasted watermelon that they like made look and like kind of like feel like a steak aesthetically you know what i mean like yeah so they'd be doing shit with watermelons <laughs> they'd be doing shit <laughs> with watermelons <laughs> 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 fucking frankie shirt you can steer just japanese people putting what random fuck? fucking american words on clothes <laughs> i mean it's got it's got the 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 ship wheel oh sure the okay there we it. go yeah so, that's like, fine that's fine it's yeah, but like at the same time, he is not the helmsman. So uh, yeah, just true. saying. But he got, um, a, he got I a am shirt on. Yeah, I am you disappointed that we more. did not get <laughs> to see the the where's Wally One Piece color spread. Oh, yeah, I remember for that whatever too. reason. Yeah, where's that at? Like, I don't know why we didn't get that in the West. Like that's so sad. Like it. it I, I don't know if it's like a copyright thing that they couldn't do it, but it's just mm. like. Why don't we get the fun of looking for Luffy? I, whatever, I, I guess. I completely forgot about that until right now, yeah. And maybe well, it is like a copyright. I never even it heard was, about it. It's that. like this giant Where's Waldo drawing, and it's got, like, mm -hmm. Bon Clay as Waldo, and it's like, find Luffy, find, you know, these two other ones, and then find Bon Clay Waldo or whatever. And it's a really cool drawing. It's fun as fuck. And, yeah, we don't have it here. I saw it on, I saw it on the timeline. I thought it was fan art. <laughs> it it was included so when the scans came out yeah. like uh with like the fan translation like mm -hmm. they included it for it yeah. but they didn't include it for the officials so i'm sad but it's it is what it is things you know what i'm saying is be uh -huh. is beyond that what chapter was that with i was with this one really mm -hmm. yeah because one piece is doing a whole bunch of collabs because of the 24th anniversary so, oh, like they they did a collab with Where's Wally? They did a collab with NASA, and then they've got like a couple other collabs that they're doing as well that haven't been officially announced yet. Like, uh, I mean, they've been announced that they're collabs, but they haven't announced what they are. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. But yeah, man, this chapter, man, we got okay. So one thing that I appreciate about where One Piece is at right now is that even though we're in like a war kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like, we're still getting, like, dedicated chapters for one-on-one -on -one fights that, like, see their conclusion without changing perspective too much or some kind of crazy chaotic element coming in and shifting, you know, the players around the table. You know what I mean? So I like that it feels like pre-time skip, like, arc conflict in that way. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it, it's been a really long time since we've had, like, actually dedicated, you know, like, fights like this in One Piece. Maybe Dressrosa, I think, was was the last one right that kind of felt like this you know what i mean but it always feels like whenever it's whenever it kind of like sets up like this since in post time skip i always think of just in east lobby and whenever i feel in east lobby in one piece i just get all warm inside <laughs> mm -hmm. well we didn't get one-on-ones other than luffy one-on-oneing people in whole cake so that's the yep. thing is it like with whole cake it was more so like group fights yeah. more than anything unless yeah. luffy was just one-on-oneing people but and, that's and what luffy punk always even does too. we didn't i don't think we got dedicated fights for real in punk hazard like that i mean you had zoro versus fucking monet which was basically a one shot you had buffalo you know and uh baby five versus frankie at the very end that was cool but that's still like kind of outside of that traditional composition of the arc flow you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. was after all the conflict was over, and then you got Frankie, you know, in the general Frankie fight, you know, boxing 
baby five in them so it's like that was like cool to like get it like that i like the differences between pre you know and post time skip in regard to conflict like that but like yeah besides dress rosa and i mean like even in fishman island like that was really just luffy versus horty and then everyone just showing off what they can do and dispatching their enemies rather quickly so yeah i like this is mad rare bro like this is, it does not happen in post time skip like that you know so it feels feels really good right now mm-hmm. yeah and the choreography too because it's like last time frankie had a fight it was senior pink and, I, and that was you know developed nothing but suplexes. it was just it was just back-to-back suplexes you know what i mean and like the senior pink story was incredible we learned you know a little bit more about frankie and especially senior pink in that fight they kind of like recognized each other as you know whatever and it felt really good you know it was some macho you know hard-boiled shit and that shit was tight but it's cool to see you know more of frankie's um capabilities and facilities in a full power fight you know like we have here versus sasaki so i'm i'm super late and i've been waiting for frankie probably more so than anybody else to really turn up and get a fight like this especially robin since rosa and robin too is, is those those are top two for sure mm-hmm. yeah i i what makes me love this fight is that this this is a perfect frankie fight because it's one of those oh here's an unexpected twist fights because for frankie to call out and be like what the is that how dinosaurs work like that's really funny considering that frankie has been known for creating inventions or self-modifications that don't make sense right like let's not forget (laughs) the fact that like he had frankie centaur where his legs went out in front rather than yeah. Behind. Great, 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 example, yeah. great example. For for a man to be calling out uh, a dinosaur man whose freaking triceratops crown turns into a propeller, like it's just hilarious. That is very and funny. like it's it's such a great Frankie fight. Like I I am never personally disappointed by Frankie fights because right. they're not they're just not what you would expect and that's that's great because that's literally frankie in a nutshell Mm -hmm. is a character that you don't expect so the fact that you have the senor pink fight where does he pull out his weapons and whatnot no he just freaking hard brawls this guy in a baby costume yeah like super unexpected and then you got this fight where he's facing a, a flying triceratops and like sasaki's like yeah this is totally how triceratops work this is like no it's not <laughs> yeah one thing that i feel like is missing from this frankie fight that i feel like is there and pretty much everyone that's like kind of um honed and focused in on is like the dialogue between sasaki and frankie um doesn't feel as personal as it usually is like versus fukuro in in east lobby they had all kind of one-liners going back and forth they were roasting each other to death bro like it was funny you know what i mean like they're they it, it was it was comedic in all the right ways during a conflict in one piece it was a shining example of that you know what i mean and then you go fast forward to you know the senior pink fight and we all know how that went and that was very emotional and very personal for both the people involved here this frankie fight here as good as it is choreography is there you know weapons used fighting styles all that stuff is 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 perfect but just like looking at this and thinking back at the history of Frankie fights, I was like, man, it's missing that, that like, you know, that little spark that usually accompanies his conflicts. You know what I mean? So, but I'm sure he'll probably fight again later and 
you know, get something like that. Or maybe it's just not a thing that has to always accompany Frankie. But that's just one thing that I thought about when I was reading the chapter. I was like, damn, usually, usually there's a little bit more emotional stake in these in these uh, in these fights for Frankie. But it's not really a gripe or a criticism. Uh, I, I think at least the dialogue is there. I, I, I do agree yeah. that, like, obviously, like, the emotions aren't really there. It's, right. like, a, a fight against a really tough opponent. It still has its humor throughout, like, when Sasaki accidentally goes in reverse, and then he's just, like, runway, space, yeah. acquired, and oh, then Frankie's yeah. like, liar! I, I, for, I, actually yeah. I actually forgot about that interaction. That is actually very funny. He does he, he, like the, the fact backwards. that the fact that Sasaki blushes when he says it too is just like oh my god. Um, but I think it, it's important to recognize the fact that like while we're getting maybe like what seems like abbreviated things in the manga because they're doing the way the anime that the way that they are, mm. it leaves a lot more room for embellishment. For the fights because they're really taking one chapter and converting it into one episode and like right. yes that means like you're potentially getting certain scenes stretched out to like five minutes long they shouldn't be yeah but but if that turns uh, into I mean, the kind of dialogue that like frankie fights are known for because you want to play with cinematic time to that degree and only fit yeah. one chapter you know in your in your episode then i feel like then that would be really cool to see like in the anime you know what I mean? If, if yeah. Oda's just and, trying I to mean, get like, the fight done, you know what I mean, and let you know the anime yeah. kind of handle a lot of the fluff, then like that's fine too. It's it's gonna be freaking awesome if we yeah. see like General Frankie trying to like bat with the Franken sword as Sasaki is just like swooping like in and out and in and out like <laughs> yeah. and like especially if it's animated the way that they're animating One Piece right now, like oh my god, like <laughs> we're we're in for amazing. Things. Oh yeah. I mean this... like the last episode of One Piece was phenomenal. Yeah. But like Roof Piece is going to be some Roof shit. Piece. Yeah. Especially because we're oh, getting a movie every week, you know what I mean? Like we're getting movie quality Yes. It's it's movie quality animation and it's not even Roof every Piece time. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and we don't have to stop and we don't have to suffer through uh like Twig Arm Sanji on a weekly <laughs> basis like we did in the last movie. So right, it's right. great. It's phenomenal. I love yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Choreography shining through in this fucking chapter, just like for the most part, sure, yeah. inside of like the um, kind of like uh, the usage of the of the beams and the cannons, right? Because we know that General Frankie has a Gallon cannon or or some kind of radical beam associated with General Frankie itself, and then we also know that Frankie has his own personal radical beam. You know what I mean? So the fact that that is the the damage kind of like necessary to take out Sasaki makes a lot of sense because we know how powerful these beams are. We know that this is a Zoan, so you need a little bit more oomph than regular to kind of like take them down. So like double beam to the chest feels really good for a conclusion. And the way that it's kind of set up where he has his moment with General Frankie, boom, hits him. And then Sasaki's like, I can't take that again. Let me, blah! and then he like collapses on the General Frankie. He hits the back door, somersaults out and hits him with the fucking radical beam again. And he's like, that was just so beautiful. Yeah. With the, with the, with the, with the split legs and yeah, everything. Like yeah. the pose yeah. is just what makes it hilarious. It's so Frankie and it's so good. I love every moment of after in regard mm -hmm. to the frankie fight and of course there's more yeah. to it we go into fucking big 
Yamato versus Big Kaido. You know what I'm saying? Like, this shit is crazy. This fucking Zoan form, which I think I think the consensus is Keating, right? Oh, yeah. Chinese, I looked Chinese up the information on this. Okay, great. And uh, there yes. is a lot of interesting things about this. Oh, so crazy. That I can definitely break down. So, yes. yes the consensus uh, from, like, day one with the scans and whatnot was that it is a Kirin, um, which, and I got this information straight from Wikipedia. Uh, The Kirin is a mythical hooved chimerical creature that appears in Chinese mythology and is said to appear with the imminent arrival or passing of a sage or illustrious ruler. Ooh. That right there, that line in particular. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? The the Kieran said to appear with the imminent arrival of an illustrious ruler. But didn't and, it say departure or departure too? Arrival, uh, or departure? Uh, arrival or passing. Or passing. Yes. So we could be talking about Luffy or yeah. Kaido, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. both, both. both yeah, both very yeah. prominent figures. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the, you know, the passing of one ruler and the rise of another, especially since Yamato wants to go out and see the world with Luffy, yeah. but not before defending uh, the people of the country, which of I, this was another thing with like the whole fan translation versus the uh, the officials, the officials did this a lot better. Uh, the fact that, like, Yamato said, if I don't fight for the sake of this country, then I can't call myself Odin. The way that, like, the, the scans were read, like, or translated, where, like, somebody was just like, if I were to leave this country now, then I couldn't call myself Odin. That doesn't fit so well as the fact that, like, you know, fighting for the country... Yes, that is something that Odin would do. Yeah. Um, but the whole leaving the country thing did not fit. But I digress. Back to yeah. the whole Kieran thing. Yeah. So uh, some of the stuff that, once again, um, like further like kind of cements that this is probably a Kieran. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the details of a Kieran is that they have thick eyebrows, and mm-hmm. that the hair that they have on their head flows upwards, which we see here. Uh, the body is shaped like an ox, deer, or horse, which definitely in the case of Yamato, it's definitely more of like a deer look than either of the other two. Um, uh, then they've got like flames on the bu- the body and or curly tufts of hair, which you can definitely see that coming from like her elbows and like the sides of her body. Um, and then the one last thing, uh, and this is not like a, a an image detail, but like another like fact about Kieran's that according to Taoist mythology, although they could look fearsome, Kieran only punished the wicked. Uh, and I think that's again another great thing of she is here. Sorry, Yamato, he is here to punish Kaido for the wicked deeds that he has done and put an end to him. It all like, fits. Yeah. It's oh, it's yeah. so good. Like like I I I'm like a hundred percent on board with this Kieran thing. I love the detailing that has 
been done. I love the the potential mythology and like symbolism yes. that are incorporated this, especially because One Piece is just full on shoving symbolism and whatnot down our throats right, right. now with like every single chapter. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah these are things like, that we can count on Oda for. He always snaps on this kind yes, of. Yes. You know. Yes. Yeah. The detail work is always there. Everything is there for a reason and has a part to play. And Oda just loves being, you know, quirky and like being like, look at a look at this thing that I've totally (laughs) planned all along and all the symbolism and whatnot. So it works so well because it's like you could not notice it and then like find out later and it's mind blowing. But it also works on the page in the moment. You know what I mean? It's not just it's not just this is going to blow your mind when you find the wiki article for it. It's like, it makes sense in the lore, in the writing at the time as well. You know what I mean? And it's, there's a, you know, there's some, there's some, you know, there's some mangaka that kind of like, you know, throw little like Easter eggs and little like uh, symbolism and, and mythology and stuff into their, into their comics that, you know, aren't as apparent as in one piece. And it's still really cool when that happens, but the way that Oda is kind of able to balance like the impact of it in the moment and the impact when you research it later is something that's always been really impressive about his work. Mm -hmm. I, now all I want to see to just fulfill my hopes with this, which I mean, you can never go too crazy with one piece stuff because people will get disappointed because they try going too hard. I want to see Yamato in his like full Kieran form mm. and Luffy riding him into battle. Mm. I just think that would be that would be such so hard. A dramatic that, and awesome shot. Yo, that's got to be like a dedicated double page spread, single panel, not you know the fucking clustered double page spreads that we normally get in One Piece. Like I'm talking like East Blue. You know, Jaya, you know what I mean? Like, single panel double spread for that. That would be glorious. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. No text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would mm-hmm. be some shit. So, okay. So, like, let's talk about how we think the fight moving forward between Yamato and Kaido is going to go. Because we know that he just got this new form revealed. We're probably going to see him, you know, show out in that form to a certain degree. But, like, a lot of people think that Luffy's going to get back up on this rooftop and Yamato's just going to be out of here. You know what I mean? Just, like, just cooked. Cooked, you know what I mean? Like, just, like, not out of the fight, not able to continue. You know what I mean? And that will be, you know, kind of like a... Re- not not more of a reinvigorating spark for Luffy in regard to emotional stake in the Kaido fight after his, you know, kind of um, resuscitation or revival. You like, know you just I mean? be your own sundown, bro. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like I want Yamato to hoop. You know what I'm saying? Like I want him yeah. to get I want him to get his licks in on this motherfucker, you know For what I mean? Real. So, yeah, so it's like either way I feel like could be epic, you know, but like it's it it kinda seems like the way that Kaido's kind of been built up so far that he'll just smoke, you know. Yamato for the most part, you know what I mean? Like everyone's been landing. I think if anybody can hang with Kaido, it's Yamato. It would be Yamato, right? And you'd think that, but I mean, like everybody, like people have been putting in work on Kaido. Like the Scabbards had an impressive show, and they all stabbed the fuck out of him. All, all got special attacks off on him. Had him, you know, 
fucking tearing up at him in an existential crisis essentially move into luffy boxing this motherfucker in base with a crazy hockey bloom you know like in the zone like black like black flash just beating his ass that's doing a lot to him black too but flash then, just beating his ass yeah but like we see but like we see what happened to luffy we saw what happened to scabbards like i think that oda will let yamato hoop but i don't think he's getting any farther than anybody else has at least i can't see it yet you know what i mean like i want to believe that because it's yamato but just based on the history of kaido it's like he takes his fucking damage and then he baps you with that fucking bagua and then you go into the water so it's like i don't know it's, tough. it's crazy to think about but a lot of possibilities i'm sure oda will pick the, the, the best route in in regard to this so i'm very excited for the next chapter we got two weeks no yeah. oh, i had issues. to if I had to guess, Luffy is not going to get back into the fight until Onigashima crashes down onto the flower capital. Oh, wow. Because okay, so I'm, still, I'm yeah. still dead set on that. You think they're going to Especially if he needs everyone? to eat. If he needs... Eh, I mean, we'll see. Okay. Um, oh, you're going I pretty think dark it, with it. I mean, well, <laughs> I, he's going to... Onigashima is definitely going to crash down on Odin's castle. Sure. Period. Yeah. Uh, or, well, not Odin's... the. Uh, the flower, Koyuki, or the flower capital but like yeah. uh, specifically on the oh. shogun's castle yeah, yeah, yeah um so whether or not people evacuate who knows but i mean like luffy is gonna need a lot of meat and a lot of time in order to recuperate i think that it's very possible that yamato will also get not get knocked off of onigashima mm-hmm. but will probably get knocked off onto the land by that point, like somewhere near Udon, since like they are supposedly based on the map of uh, Wano, um, Onigashima needs to travel through uh, Udon in order to make it to the flower capital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would be super anticlimactic for Onigashima to crash down on Udon. Like, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, I mean, again, we still don't know how fast this is traveling. The, the fact of the matter is Luffy got beat down while Law's ship was still in water. Um, but it, it's got to be getting close at least to land at this point. So yeah. by the time that Yamato gets clocked, because it, it's got to happen. Like Yamato is not going to be the one that finishes uh, Kaido by himself. Mm-hmm. I think that he'll get knocked down on land. Which could lead to the whole Luffy riding on Yamato to make it back to Onigashima hey, kind of thing. Playing okay. into my theory. Okay. Um, I really want that to happen. But like, that sounds so I, I do too. I, I really do. I, I just want to see Kira and Yamato and see what that's like. But uh, I I am still dead set on Onigashima falling on the flower capital. Like, For sure. I... Like it, again, because just based on the map of Wano, because I I've looked at this and I've like had this like theory of like oh it could maybe go here 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 and then you look at the map and it's just like no it's 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 from here to Udon to Flower Capital and again it would be the most anti climactic thing for Onigashima to fall into Udon yeah, of all places. Plus it's like if the third act wants to I end I thought on, it was yeah. implicitly stated like that was the plan, right? For that Onigashima to fall on the capital? Yeah, on the capital. Yeah, but what that's, Axel is that's saying, his entire plan. That, what Axel is saying is that like they stop it short of the flower capital and it only falls right. on Udon and that would be lame as fuck. 
and it would be I, anticlimactic. Yeah, I think I think I think I agree there. But I mean, it makes sense for it to fall on the on the Capitol if it is going to fall anywhere, because like as far as like crushing you know thousands of people, I don't know if we're going to get something like that. But I mean, like as as safe of a devastating drop onto a part of you know Wano that Oda will allow in his story. I feel like we could totally see that, and it makes sense. I, I think I saw someone say that in like Kabuki theater. The third act ends, always ends with some kind of wild tragedy. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, if it's not going to be some drastic death or something like that, then, like, Onigashima successfully falling on the flower capital would be a great, like, cliffhanger ending to yeah. um, to act three. So I totally, I could totally see that happening. It, it all depends on whether or not this is structured as a five act play or a four act one, right? Because there are four acts and five acts, mm-hmm. but I think they said um, it was five, though. I think they already said. I think we already got. Uh, I don't know. We talked that, about it like way that's, back. Earlier that's at the... least what I'm. That's what I'm still thinking. Yeah. Like again, I've my entire thought process for months has been that Onigashima is going to fall on the flower capital, and that's going to mark the end of Act Three, going into Act Four. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Right. I, either way, I I trust I trust Oda to do, like finish this off successfully. I'm not one of those flaky fans that's just mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I have such problems with this chapter, and then it gets revol- resolved literally the next chapter yeah. or the chapter after that. And it's just like, have you not been part of the weekly One Piece right. experience like, before? Are you new like, here? We talk about that shit. And some right. people are, but, like, you've <laughs> yeah. got other people that have been in it for years, and it's just like, come yeah. on. Like, yeah. where where were you during, uh, like, Punk Hazard or Dress Rosa or Marine Ford or anything? Like, right. I think what yeah. it is is just that, like, One Piece is so long and it's so big that people have developed such an attachment to One Piece and its characters that, like, yeah. on a week-to-week wait impatience coupled with expectations for your faves you know like whenever it kind of like seems like oda is going to do something with your favorite character that you think shouldn't be done you know like until you get the confirmation of exactly what was done you're you might it's probably easy for them to be like what are you doing what are you doing whoa whoa, you're gonna ruin my character like chill 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 like what is it like what what, what's on you doing i don't like this you know what i mean it's like it, it, it now becomes like you need to treat my characters the way that i think they need to be treated Otherwise, I'm going to criticize you for the decisions that you made for them inside of your own story because you wrote these characters so well that I feel like I legitimately know them and they mean specific things to me. So therefore, they have to behave the way that I think that they should because I know these characters really well. So do it my or way else. or don't do it at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But um, Sanji kills Kaido for life. Hey, man, fuck it. I'll take, I'll take anybody killing Kaido at this point, bro. I just want him to be dead or this, the, the storytelling to be over for Kaido so that, like, that argument can... <laughs> yeah. Like, I want Wano to, to end solely for that argument to just be done already. You know what I mean? I'm not in any real hurry, mm-hmm. though. I'm, I've, been, yeah. I've been enjoying Wano thoroughly from the beginning Me until too. now, so... Yeah. But that's all I had for One Piece, I think, this week. Incredible, incredible chapter and discussion, you guys. Yeah, and Shokugeki no Sanji <clears throat> chapter three was great too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hell yeah, Alabasta. Well, <laughs> with that, I think uh, I think that'll about do it. Yeah. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, 
Be sure to slap a like on this video. Be sure to subscribe to the channel. Come back week to week for more fire content. It's always coming out. Yes, sir. Leave a comment in the section down below. Let us know what you thought of this weekend jump, or let us know if we missed anything you thought we should have talked about, or you know anything like that. Chop it up with us down there. Yeah. As we said before, be sure to check out the description box down below where you can find links to all of our you know individual so social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities such as Discord, places to listen to the podcast, wherever you would normally prefer. Also ways to support us through our online shop or our Patreon. Also, as we said before, we will put links down below for any and all of Axel Blaze's stuff so you can check him out and see what he's doing. Yeah. And if you're not subscribed said, to me already, what are you doing? I've been here a lot already. Jeez. Jeez. Right. What are you doing? Said, this will be another fantastic episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. Axel. Sarabada. Thank you.